Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another early morning edition of the Bear Necessities podcast. Uh, it's Saturday morning as we're recording this, and uh, it's been probably one of the most peaceful news cycles of this entire you know, NFL season. I mean, we don't get a lot, but at the same time, Bears fans, they get to remain confident and comfortable with the direction of the team. Uh, so yeah, I've, I've been kind of embracing in that. How are you doing, Reese? Yeah, I'm doing pretty good. I mean, certainly I'm not going to sugarcoat it and say if there's been a lot of news this week because it's the week after the draft. You kind of have to expect that this is going to happen. And honestly, up until training camp, you know, we can kind of expect the news to be pretty, pretty mm-hmm. slow. I know the Aaron Rodgers news is probably what's driving the majority of football conversation, you know, at this time. And, you know, it definitely has an impact on the Bears because we're talking about someone that's in division, but, you know, not something that the Bears are really a major player in or have much influence in. So, yeah, I mean, it's been relatively slower, but like you said, in some ways, that's that's good. We get to revel a little bit in what we what we ha- what we did last week in the draft, which I think the the outlook was overall very positive. So, no complaints there. Yeah, definitely, and it, you know, it's it's almost when it gets to this time of the year, it's almost like a, I don't know, it, it's a very interesting feeling because every team is pretty much set now for the next season obviously they need to make roster choices but for the most part the big acquisitions are completely over so you really are looking at the team that you're you know your favorite team whatever it may be if you're listening here my guess is that it's the bears uh you're kind of you're kind of set with with that team so you kind of get to reflect on it and then when training camp cups comes around you get to see how it's kind of you know, based on the rumors from the reporters and everything, you get to see how it's all playing out. Um, But, you know, I'm, uh, you know, I'm happy, you know, as a Bears fan, I I didn't know how this part of the season would feel. Uh, You know, this part of the season last year was a little bit more depressing with Nick Foles, even though we kind of allowed ourselves to get talked into it. Um, But, you know, I'm happy right now. I'm happy right now. And I hope our, our other listeners are as well. Yeah, all all last year's Bears team needed was a competent quarterback, and Nick Foles was to me just steady enough to <laughs> to drive the the Bears to the promised land. But right. yeah, certainly a little more excited than last year, especially on that quarterback front. I think that you know, kind of new year, new problems, right? I think with this Bears team, I think the problems have really kind of shifted. And anticipating that Justin Fields is really going to kind of help, you know, abs- like absolutely remove that quarterback need. You know, luckily. We're not worrying about that at the moment, which is, you know, very pleasing. And hopefully that, you know, continues and runs on for a long time. But now we're looking towards the other side of the football, right? You know, Mm -hmm. now it's kind of like, all right, is this defense going to be good by the time that, you know, Justin Fields is at his peak performance or are they going to be, you know, hobbling off the field? Yeah, I know. And that's the concern, right? Because this defense has. You know, it's good, but when when this team starts winning again, it's going to look very different than it did in 2018. Very different. And I I, I think that, you know, while that isn't necessarily a bad thing, because I think guys like Roquan Smith and, you know, Jalen Johnson are really going to step into their own and be even potentially better players at that position than what we had in 2018. It's still a little bit like, it's still sad, you know, it's going to be probably a long shot that Akeem Hicks stays with this Bears team Danny Trevathan uh, it's probably a long shot that they win anything with this Bears team guys that we have known that have really you know defined this Bears defense for the past you know half decade right 
it's 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 kind of uh you know it's a bittersweet moment i guess the way you can say it but yeah i think you do take the offensive improvements you know it was just so so desperately needed and you know the bears took a lot of really good steps especially on you know this past draft week you know heading in from thursday on friday when they got went back to back with justin fields and then tevin jenkins i mean that mm-hmm. seemed like really two big steps in the right direction and you know maybe the defense is losing half a step you know so i feel like overall mm-hmm. you know they're making some good progress there yeah no a- absolutely and i think that the other cool thing is just how young this team is i know that there are some I guess, top-heavy players as far as age goes. Like, guys like, you know, Robert Quinn is getting kind of older. Jimmy Graham is old, um, for by NFL standards at least. Um, and there, there definitely are these players that are on the team that are older, but they have we have so much talent that's under 25. I mean, Eddie Goldman, I think he's like 26. I mean, we've got Sam Mustafer. Almost that entire offensive line is very young and developing. Uh, obviously quarterback with Justin Fields and, you know, the wide receiver room with Darnell Mooney. And then if Daz knew some is able to take over that, you know, slot corner spot, um, just a lot of young talent. And that, you know, Cole Komet at tight end, we, we have so many draft picks now uh, on that offense. That's going to be really exciting to see kind of where this goes. David Montgomery stones rookie deal. Um, so ultimately, I mean, while it is sad to see that this defense is kind of aging, what I guess the thing that I'm happy about is you see the clear succession plan with it. You know, you see guys like the guys who are going to hold it down for a long time. You know, Bilal Nichols has really stepped into his own. We need to find that in an edge rusher, uh, unfortunately, fairly shortly. Um, I think Khalil Mack will still be able to play for a while, of course, but I, you know, we still are going to need to replace guys like Robert Quinn, you know, maybe one of the edge rushers we drafted last year will be able to take that over. But, you know, I, I, I have a positive outlook uh, on this team going forward for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, uh, another, another thing that has a positive outlook would be Manscaped. Oh, yes, Just sir. coming out the, the new launch, the new lawnmower 4.0 chic. <laughs> looking different you know cut on all the different right angles looks like a diamond you know it's you see like this, this is what stone. i this is what i this is what i tell people you know it, it really depends if you're talking about the lawnmower 3.0 lawnmower 4.0 it really depends on the type of guy you are you know <laughs> it, it, if if you're more of a lamborghini aventador type of guy you go with the 4.0 if you're more of a porsche type of guy you go with the you go with the 3.0 the 3.0 you know, it's got the curved edges. the 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 4.0 has has the very aerodynamic design to it. Interrupting regular program with breaking news. Music, if possible. Don't think I was supposed to read that. Breaking news. <laughs> this is important PSA brought to you by Manscape.com. This is your pubic service announcement and the news you've been all waiting for. Manscaped engineering team has confirmed that they have successfully created the Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, which is now available for purchase in the USA and Canada. This new trimmer was just released moments ago, and we are one of the first to get our hands on it and share the news. Join over 2 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you. 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code bare necessities, no space. Check the description on how to spell that at manscaped.com. 
I'm one of the first people to try the new 4.0, and I'm blown away by the performance, Austin. The craftsmanship and details on the 4.0 are, are just to say, next level. Their advanced <laughs> ceramic blade and skin-safe technology is so good that it almost seems as if Manscaped worked with Elon Musk's engineers <laughs> to ensure your testes are as safe as possible. The optimized lawnmower 4.0 trimmer is waterproof, so you can groom in the shower and not have to worry about making a mess on the bathroom floor. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code Bear Necessities at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code Bear Necessities. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. And guys, you know, the 4.0, it came in, came in a nice box, as does all of Manscaped's other, you know, goodies come with. If you get the, I think if you get the full performance package, they give you the, the, the big, you know, you open it up and it says your balls will thank you. You know, very, very funny. Uh, and, and this lawnmower 4.0, man, it, it's got some, uh, it, it's got some, uh, it's got some aerodynamics to it. You know, you don't yeah. even need to worry if you're, you know, if you're in a hurry and you need to go fast, you know, it's got the aerodynamics that it won't, you won't get any drag. You won't get any resistance uh, yes. by moving too fast. So, so don't worry about that one. Yeah, it seems like they crafted it in a wind tunnel, you know, yeah. <laughs> and that way you're just absolutely able, you know, like like Austin said, you know, no drag, no resistance. You know, it's just it's poetry in motion, right? You know, watching watching the lawnmower 4.0 go to work. And uh, obviously our read skills are perfectly on point as well. You got Austin acting like it's a school play and he's like, you know, <laughs> Batman bows. <laughs> yes. Saying it out loud, I'm, you know. I'm very I'm like, very uh, well known for my uh my, my famous school plays. That that's that's uh <laughs> it brings me a lot of notoriety. A true thespian. You know, we're we're like the we're like those guys that uh you know made that movie uh, Uncut Gems. I don't know if you've seen that on Netflix, Uncut Gems. Yeah. You know, they, yeah, they, they, they're innovators. They're, they're innovators in the movie space. You know, that's how we are on this ad read space. You know, same thing. It's the same thing. Uh, that's why Manscaped sticks with us. You know, we, we, we do the reads right, you know. I feel like we could have a very like heated comment section just based on asking people if they liked Adam Sandler or not. <laughs> yeah. I think that's, <laughs> that's probably one of the most divisive topics in today's world, I think. Right. And, you know, th it's so weird because, you know, back in the day, I feel like Adam Sandler, he was just, you know, he he was good. You know, people just respected him. You know, you had Mr. Yeah. Deeds. You, you had, you know, Big Daddy. You, I mean, Billy Madison, Billy yeah. Madison. But now it's like he, he went he did Jack and Jill and really fell off after that one. bro. <laughs> like Jack and Jill. What a what a movie. Like you you have to think that. This man honestly was like in his house and he was, he, you know, he was, he was writing down his movie ideas. He's going through, he's like, nah, nah, nah. He's like, but this one, this one where yeah. I, where I get to dress up as a man and I get to dress up as a woman and play both roles. This is quintessential yeah. Adam Sandler. He's like, oh, this one is meant yeah. for me. I'm sure that's how our listeners feel when they hear us go through like topics too and all that and just. You know, they're like, oh, why aren't you talking about this? And it's like, oh, man, we just keep hammering the hell out of these certain topics, you know. And yeah. Hey, man, you know, you always do you. And you know, Adam Sandler's got that ability to go out there and uh, just make whatever the hell he wants at this point. <laughs> yeah, right. And people are going to watch it. That's for sure. Uh, but yeah, no, again, innovators in this ad read space will move on. Uh, the, the Chicago Bears, 
we talked about a couple weeks ago. Well, it's more than a couple weeks ago at this point. I mean, probably like Month. months ago at this point about how the Arlington uh, racetrack is uh, supposedly getting sold. And I don't know if you've been to the Arlington racetrack. I have. And it's really no, nice. It's really nice. It's really nice. You know, I think I don't get the so many fans just absolutely crap on Soldier Field. I, I don't I don't think it's that bad. You know, I like Soldier Field. I I like the big arches. You know, I like looking at the city from there. I've I've I know that it's not like a you know a premium like you're not going to like the Viking Stadium where it's like brand new and like uh, like you know I don't know it, it's not like that. It has it's a different nice. level. Yeah, <laughs> modern. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's got a different. Yeah, it's not modern, but it's got a different level of like I don't know quintessential chicago sports you know that's 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 what it is uh it you know I, I like soldier field i like being by the lake you know great location you know when you go down you can hit up a bunch of other you know things in the city uh but i also understand that a lot of people are just like hey when i go to a bears game just want to go to the bears game don't want to do anything else and that's also completely okay uh and also parking is ridiculously expensive i know reese for the few times that we've been to bears games every single time we pay an arm and a leg for parking even <laughs> at the terrible tailgate spots that are like miles away from the stadium i don't never <laughs> understood that one it's like yeah let's all get hammered and then walk three miles to the stadium that makes sense um but you know it's that herd immunity. <laughs> yeah, right. If you if you've been to one of those tailgates, you don't need to worry about getting the vaccine. <laughs> your your immune system's fine. <laughs> no, yeah, no, right. I, just kidding. Oh, man. We, we are pro vax yeah. on this podcast. Need to kind of establish that because a lot of people aren't. I think sometimes it's best to leave it vague and just let people guess. But <laughs> yeah. the fun in that. But um, I, I think I'm, that, I'm you know, pro vax, but I also think that uh, Bill Gates put a microchip in it. I'm just both, you know, I, I'm pro microchip. Chipped know. up, you know. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Interesting week for Bill Gates, too. Perhaps a little bit, <laughs> perhaps a little bit more news on that sad, front than the Bears. Sad. But, um, you know, rip. But uh, I, I think that, you know, the stadium on the lake. It doesn't really get too much better than that as far as like location and like aesthetic, right? Um, you know, of course, it's not the most modern stadium, certainly not the biggest. In fact, like one of the smallest in the league, if not the smallest, I think, as far as capacity goes, which is an interesting one, but certainly a lot of history, right? I mean, Soldier Field is uh, not only just a Bears icon, but a Chicago City icon, actually owned by the city and not owned by the Bears, which is actually a very curious kind of sticking point in this whole situation right is that mm -hmm. the city makes basically the money from the concessions and and all that and the bears don't really reap the benefits that most teams do as far as you know like in-game you know revenue that's mm -hmm. generated so it's it's interesting and you know and as far as the arlington racetrack goes i mean moving the bears out to the suburbs right this is something that we've seen nfl teams do very often i mean 100 percent like a lot of NFL teams don't play in the city that they're technically named after. I mean, 49ers mm -hmm. play in Santa Clara, which is not close at all. I could be, I'm not 100% right on with, you know, California directions, but I'm no, pretty sure it's San, not Francisco, San Francisco. I mean, yeah. it's close, it's close geographically. Like, it's like saying Arlington is close to Chicago. Like, yeah, it's close, but not really, you know? But like, you know, like a 30, 45 minute kind yeah. of deal. Like, yeah, exactly. Not, not the next city over, technically. And, 
I, I think that it's it presents a really interesting situation, right? Because the Bears would obviously have a little bit more freedom, you know, moving out there. Um, and it would be very convenient for, you know, the people in the suburbs that do go to the Bears games, which is, is a large number. I would be lying if I said I knew the breakdown of the people that, you know, kind of drove into the city to go to the Bears game and mm-hmm. the people that kind of traveled within the city to go to the Bears game. That would be a really interesting metric to kind of see. Um, but, you know, certainly... You know, it's never a doubt that the Bears, if they moved to Arlington, they'd still definitely sell out. There's no questions like that to happen. It's really kind of more just on a, unfortunately, it's kind of like a political question too, right? Mm-hmm. Like it, it goes deeper than sports. And I know Lori Lightfoot made a, a comment saying, well, we're not really worried about it all because the Bears are under lease until, you know, 2033 and the NFL doesn't allow you to break leases. So I mean, you can mm. look at it from that black and white perspective, but clearly there's a little bit more going on than just just that. I mean, well, we also, wouldn't be hearing all this. <laughs> I mean, twenty while twenty thirty three like is like a long time from like a human perspective. I guess it's not like for an organization like ten years. It's like okay, after you can make you make plans ten years out, so they could right. just plan in twenty thirty three to move, and that's also fine. I know they'd probably have to buy the stadium now or something, but I mean. You know, they can always use it for, I mean, stadiums get used for everything, you know, music venues. Uh, it, it's, it, it is something that could happen. You know, I think that the, and by the way, the, the thing that brought this up is the Arlington mayor. I don't even know if I said this, which I probably should have. Um, the bears are seriously considering moving to Arlington, the Arlington mayor said, and you know, that's, you know, so the, this is not just something that is just like a rumor. This is something that could actually happen. Um, and you, you know, I, I think that I would be fine with it. I think it'd be uh, more, it would be more convenient to a lot of people, even if you're from the city, because like you could take the train, but even if you take the train, the thing that kind of sucks about the bear stadium is like, there's still like a big walk depending on, on the line you get on, you know, like, like they're, they're, it's, it's, it's all in no matter way you put, like put it, it's always going to be a big walk just because of the location they're at. Um, so it, I, if it happens, I I guess I'm one of the people that are more, I'm going to be upset because I'm going to miss the nostalgia of soldier field and like how it looks. Cause Arlington, I just feel like it doesn't have that. And I'll always remember Arlington as a horse track. Um, but if they, if they actually move, I would be fine with it. You know, I'm not gonna pretend like this is something absolutely massive. If they build a dome over there, if they like somehow convert it into a dome, I'd be more kind of excited to see that. But I, I that's don't really the real care. question to me, right? I mean, honestly, like location wise, love them being in the city. Wouldn't be heartbroken if they moved to Arlington because well, I mean, realistically, like I'm going to Bears games with you, really, which is like maybe once or twice a year. So mm-hmm. I'm, you know, by no means am I like really consistently making you know trips out there. So mm-hmm. it, it's really pretty a minor thing in my life, to be honest. With you. <laughs> um, <laughs> Bears but, fans are gonna know, be so mad that the one game that they go to a year is in a different location. <laughs> Classic <laughs> Bears fans. <laughs> <laughs> like right. this really bummed but, uh, me out man <laughs> i think that i think the real question is do they go for a dome though because i mean then we could finally host the super bowl which should be mm-hmm. interesting that would I be think. so cool i would like to have a super bowl here it's a real damn shame that we can't do that right now because mm-hmm. i mean 
if they were playing the Super Bowl back in this February, they've been playing in below zero conditions. Right. I don't think anyone would have wanted that. <laughs> right. So, <laughs> you know, I, I think that building a dome is a possibility. For whatever reason, though, I know there's going to be that pushback. It's like, oh, no, we're going to lose our grit, mm-hmm. our home field advantage back in December and, like, January. You know, mm-hmm. we're going to... It's that windy, that's that bear weather, you know? Bear yeah. Down. Good thing we don't play in any of those times, so. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. Good Good thing we're usually out of the conversation by January. So we don't need to worry about that one. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I, I, I would be okay. You know, the one the one real thing, and, you know, I this this has been a, a trend of the bears, you know? You go down to Bourbonnet, you, you, go, you, you go to the training camps, right? They uh they got the Mo's right there, you know they got the Mo the Mo's burritos. They're whipping it up right on the way They're back. Whipping it up. And I don't know I don't yeah. know if our listeners are know about Mo's. If you're from the South, you probably know about Mo's burritos. Personally, me and Reese we really like it. They got the salsa bar, you know, and they they do well. They they do well. They're a good establishment. Uh, and you know where else has a Mo's though is uh uh Hoffman Estates, Hoffman Estates, which is right by Arlington. They got a little Mo's right there. You know, maybe they'll give them some good juju, you know, maybe they'll give them some yeah. or they could just move down to Bourbonnet and just do all their games there. I'm sure that would make everyone happy. <laughs> this is disappointing, you know, because actually, I mean, I've been working on a Schaumburg um, mm-hmm. and uh, I did not know that there was a Mose and Hoffman Estates. So yes. Yeah. There's a Mose. I will. Uh, actually, I do know that. Yeah. I'm capping. Did we go yeah, there? We've we... been there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, right there. Yeah. We've been there. Yeah. But uh yeah, I mean, yeah, Mo support your local Mo's. Um, you know, they're, they're, <laughs> they are they're a in major chain corporation, and, and, however, you know, a little family <laughs> vibe. Are, yeah, you know what? I mean, you never know you could run into a Bears player that could be cut. Um, you know, it, there's a bunch of different possibilities and, and and you get a bowl, you get a burrito. You also get, you know, the competitive advantage. And this by no means is a is a paid promotion to Mo's. Just just me and my soapbox here. <laughs> you get the free chips, you know? Mm-hmm. To me, that's just like someone shaking classy. your hand, right? It's classy. It's, it's, it's a courteous move, you know? Didn't have to do it. They could easily start charging for the chips, right? Yeah. But they give you the basket of chips, the couple free things of salsa. You know, you're happy. You move on. So... That, that's all I got to say about Moe's. And uh, hopefully, you know, if the Bears get a dome, Arlington, they get a Moe's they, in the they, dome. Oh, they, dude, imagine Moe's, you know, they put Portillo's in there. You, you know, they, they even get some maybe Chicago-style pizza. I don't know how they'd be able to coordinate that, but maybe maybe do that. Um, yeah, man. I mean, the and the, the what Reese was referring to is we, we ran into uh, Marcus Cooper. Mr. Uh, tried to return a punt block, but uh, ended up getting it swatted out of his hands and then never doing anything else in the NFL after that. Um, we, we walked in there and we see some kids wearing Marcus Cooper jerseys and we're like, who, who the hell would buy these jerseys? And then we're like, oh, Marcus Cooper's kids got it. And so, you know, we ran into Bear- maybe you'll run into a Bears player at your local Moe's. Uh, yeah. Can't, can't guarantee it, you know, Marcus but- Hooper. You know, Marcus yeah. Cooper can hop on the pot anytime. A lot of love for him here. <laughs> yes. The Bears tried to trade Nick Foles. However, no one wanted him. Ugh. Oh, man. Not, not good. <laughs> not, not, that's not a good one. But honestly, I think that that's almost even better because having two guys that you feel okay with. I know, obviously, Nick Foles didn't have the best stint with the Bears, but I think a lot of us can agree a large part of that was just having no offensive line and how injuries just crippled the team. 
I'm, I mean, he's not a great quarterback, but he was good enough to beat the Super Bowl champs. So it's like, as a backup, you know, while we wait for Justin Field to develop, I don't think it's all that terrible. Obviously, you'd like to get rid of the money because probably could have kept a couple other guys if it wasn't for the money. But, you know, you do what you got to do. Yeah, and uh, it really poses an interesting thing here. I don't see it playing out this way. I think that ultimately week one, you're going to see Andy Dalton be the starter, right? And, you know, maybe halfway through the season, depending on how things are going, we'll see Justin Fields. I think it's pretty likely we'll see him at some point this season, but I don't Mm. think the plan will be for him to be a day one starter. But I know there's a a certain amount of Bears fans out there that are, you know, kind of like self-deprecating, right? You know, they like to, they kind of cheer on the Bears to self-implode a little bit. Mm And I, I think for those kind of Bears fans, they got to be cheering for a three-way quarterback competition, man. Because mm. that, that would be the ultimate shit show. But it, in all, for everyone else that's not weird and is actually hoping for the Bears to do well in this coming season, it's it's interesting kind of just the role that, that Nick Foles will play. I mean, you have to figure he's going to add a decent voice into that quarterback room. I mean, he does have experience. You know, he's got the ring. You know, everyone's mm. going to – no one's going to – you know, forget about that one. He's got the ring. He's got the but, ring. You know, He's got the locker room persona. Yeah. You know? Do you let like, you know, who's the real mentor to Fields? I mean, I guess we shouldn't even presume that there's going to be a real mentor towards Fields. But, you know, does Dalton, who we presume is going to be playing, kind of would more logically make sense that he's the mentor. But mm-hmm. do you take... You know, does Foles get to chip in on that too? Since it looks like likely that he's going to still be on the roster. Yeah. You know, I mean, it, it's it's just an interesting situation. It's kind of like two people whispering into each ear. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, I think that it's probably more so going to be Foles as far as like a mentor, um, because I, obviously it's going to be the coaching staff first. But like, you know, Foles is not going to be really preparing for games as much as. You know, Andy Dalton will be. I think what the Bears will probably do, and we can kind of move into this, which is when should Justin Fields start, which is the massive question circulating the Bears right now. Um, you know, I, I, I do think that... I think what's going to happen is I don't even think they're going to make Justin Fields available to play, even in a backup role, until absolutely necessary. So I think what's the most likely thing that's going to happen is that Justin Fields is not going to dress on game days. And I think that it's going to be for until they feel that Justin Fields knows the playbook well, because I think they are very scared of another Mitchell Trubisky situation, which is putting the quarterback in when he's not ready and then ruining him. I think what they're going to do is I don't think that Fields is going to start dressing until he's even ready to take snaps. And I think that could be you know, maybe halfway through the year. And I think if he, if they do think he's ready, they, I don't, I don't even think Dalton will necessarily have to do anything bad in order to, to do it. I think they, 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 when, once they feel that he's ready to start getting real NFL experience, I think that that's what's going to happen. You know, I think he, he will start getting that experience, but if they want to lay off of him, I think there is a solid chance we don't see Justin Fields at all this next year, personally. I think there's a chance. I think realistically, it's like we see him for part of it. I, I think, you know, we don't really need to kid ourselves, though. I, I'm pretty sure. I, and, you know, maybe I'm over something a little bit here, but I'm pretty sure that Justin Fields could step in week one. Here's the this. thing with and Fields. I'm pretty, pretty he... sure he could out. I'm pretty, pretty sure he could outplay Andy Dalton as well. 
Yeah, I think that he would. I think that even if you just put him out week one, I think he would outplay Andy Dalton. I don't think that we by picking Andy Dalton, we are putting the best quarterback in by any means. But I think that they want to take this slow like they did with Patrick Mahomes. Here's the thing, though, is I think that Justin Fields is one of the most NFL ready quarterbacks out of the draft. So that that's the if it was like Trey Lance, who we're gonna talk about in a minute as well. Like Trey Lance is someone who I I don't think I mean he's not a project by any means, and we talked extensively about how he does have certain amounts of polish. But as far as like playbook goes, like he is the the system that he played in is very different than what he's gonna be seeing in the NFL. While it is a West Coast variant, it, it has a lot of difference than the Shanahan tree scheme. Um, and then also going against that level of competition that he played nothing similar to, you know, and in the, he also didn't have the surrounding players around him either. So it's like, yeah, there's some, you know, back and forth with that, but Justin Fields, with the exception of probably only Trevor Lawrence, I mean, those two are the most NFL ready guys. So I do think that there is a possibility he could start next year, but I think really it's going to depend on how quickly he can catch up on this playbook. Yeah, I think that's a that's a good point. I mean, he does have to catch up on the playboy. I think that everything that we've heard so far is that just he's super smart and that he catches on to shit real quick, though. So mm-hmm. I think you give him an offseason. I'm pretty sure he could pick it up. Just got a bunch of people uh, revving street bikes out there. That's going <laughs> to sound great on the pod. But, um, <clears throat> you know, I think that he could step in right away. I think he could do quite well, personally. I, I see the value in sitting him. I wouldn't be opposed in sitting him too. I think that that's just something that people have gotten more inclined to do though, you know, since they've seen Mahomes and it's like, Oh, we always act like, you know, Mahomes is the rule and not the exception when it's, mm-hmm. it's a hundred percent the other way around. I mean, Mahomes has been such an exception, you know, I just think that we always base way too much stuff on him when we could be looking at someone like Deshaun Watson, in the same draft who played, his rookie year yeah picked it up yeah. was in a very similar play it had a boatload of experience just like justin fields did playing big games in college in a complex system at clemson i mean i think that justin fields is more comparable to that than something like you know mahomes where he played in more of an air raid system that you know was a little less balanced and maybe the nfl game was a little bit more of a switch over and even you look at someone like Herber last year where the Chargers did have the intent on sitting him, you know, what he ends up coming in like week three, week four. Mm-hmm. And, you know, maybe he stumbles a little bit, but overall picked up the game pretty well. And then, you know, ultimately the sooner that he can get in and start playing ready, I think the better, you know, mm-hmm. as far as the long term scope of this team. With that being said, if Justin Fields doesn't see the field next year, I'm still going to be very confident about him. I'm not going to be concerned at all by any means because I know that it probably wasn't really a him decision. It was more of an organizational decision. But I'm just interested in seeing what that actual tipping point is or what criteria it is for when Mm -hmm. they want to make that change. Is it something based solely on Fields' development, which would make sense? You know, could be a lot like what you're saying, like a playbook understanding, um, just more kind of catching up to the speed of the NFL game type of thing. Or is it, you know, something where they're just looking to purely win games and they're trying to put out whatever quarterback is they think is going to win them the most games? Yeah. And because long, 
yeah, go ahead. Yeah, no, no, no. I, I'm just, I was just saying that it does seem like the vibe the Bears are giving is that they are going to follow this Patrick Mahomes timeline as far as like, okay, we're going to get a guy in here that we know can handle the playbook for now. And then when the quarterback's ready, we're going to put him out. But it, I, you're bringing up a good point where it's like, with everything that we hear about Justin Fields, it seems like he might be not only a once in a generational type of athlete talent, but also brain at this NFL level. I mean, he scored the highest on <clears throat> on multiple aptitude tests as far as when it comes to recall general intelligence of any NFL player tested ever. And significantly higher than Patrick Mahomes, significantly higher than Josh Allen, significantly higher than Deshaun Watson. While all those guys still had very high scores, um, he, he scored significantly higher than all of them. So... And also, Justin Fields is not the type of project that Patrick Mahomes was coming out of the NFL. Because, you know, Justin Fields, Patrick Mahomes, while he displayed a lot of success on the college level, there were still portions of his game. I mean, he he would he would turn over the ball quite a bit. Um, he didn't play. He played in a, you know, what was considered to be a, um, geez, I'm, I'm losing, I'm uh Kingsbury runs the same offense. What's it called? That was an air raid. Air I mean, raid. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, air, yeah. Yeah. Air raid. Air raid offense, which had a notoriety at the time that there was no type of quarterbacks that had success in the NFL ever coming from that type of offense. So you know, I I think that Justin Fields could be ready quicker than Patrick Mahomes. I think what I am going to predict is that Justin Fields starts the back half of the season. So I think the first That's fair. You know, I think the first seven wait, how many I mean, how many games are there gonna be now? There's seventeen. 17. So what is that? Like geez, like eight, nine games, one of the two. Eight and a half. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. So I, I think that once it comes to like maybe it's like maybe it's like week six, maybe it's week seven, but I do think we are gonna see Andy Dalton at quarterback for a significant amount of time next year. Yeah. I just think my main thing is fine personally myself with sitting fields for a bit, but he's just such a competitor, man. It's just like, mm-hmm. I is going to bother him. I, I, yeah, I don't, I don't think he's that type of person where he's going to like make it public, but I mean, you get the feeling that <laughs> is he going to transfer? The, the, well, yeah, he's going to transfer. Um, you get the feeling after kind of the way he was like draft night too. And just the look where he's like ready to go to work. Like I think in his head, like he's thinking, Hey, day one, like I'm ready to go and like captain this ship. And just because he's a good leader, not saying he's presumptive, but because he's a good leader and a good player and a competitor, you know, he wants mm-hmm. to be number one. He wants that time on the field as he should. Mm-hmm. But we'll just have to see how it plays out, though. Ultimately, we can only speculate at this point. Yeah, he seems like uh, it, it. He seems like kind of like a scary dude because, I mean, he's so calm. You know, like he he's literally. It reminds me a little bit of like Aaron Rodgers. You know, he's not like a rah rah guy at all. Like he he he's not someone who's like gonna, or at least how it appears off of like you know seeing him in the couple press conferences. He's not someone that's like super interested in talking to the media. You know, he he's definitely a more quiet guy, almost a little bit like Khalil Mack too. But at the same time, you can tell how much he loves the game and like how much like i mean you could tell he was he was pissed off on draft night 
Like you could tell, like he was not happy. He went so low, but at the same time, when the media was asking him about it, he's like, "No, I, I was happy. I was, you know, you know, like I didn't care." And and he, I mean, what's that one quote where he's like, I, "There's been a lot of talking lately. I, I I'm not going to do any more talking." You know, st- stuff yeah. like that. You know, th- that's that is like, and I, I don't want to blow this out of proportion, but you know, elite level competitor stuff. You know, just being a competitive mind. And how how is someone that's a super competitor gonna take if they gonna take sitting an entire season? Probably not gonna like it, um, and probably gonna do whatever they can to prevent that too. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. I, I think that we'll just have to see how it plays. I don't see him. Pot, I don't see him kind of raising any kind of big publicity stunt or anything. Oh, me to, neither. Me neither. To make a change, but it, it's just something to always keep track of too. Just on a kind of player personality kind of standpoint yeah and i i, I don't I, I didn't say that to say he's gonna like come out and be upset about it but no, i think he, that he's gonna yeah. do whatever he can to prevent that from happening if he does i think he's gonna be completely fine he does not seem like right. the type of person that's gonna make a big deal about it at all especially as a rookie but I'm, I'm just saying like i think he is literally gonna put everything he can in preventing that from happening so that he can at least take over half the next season and dude if we go like I mean, the new schedule is really bothering me, like seven and 10, but like six of those seven wins are from like the last like eight games that Justin Fields was in or or something like that. That's a success for me. Like that, that would be such a, I just want by the end of the season, the one thing to be figured out is a quarterback position because I know we have cap space next year. We can add some talent around Fields and we could actually feel like we can make a run for maybe a Super Bowl. So that, that, that forget, would be a success. Forget for wins and losses. Forget all of that. Next season is a success if, you know, not based off like a three or two game sample, but if, you know, Fields plays like six or seven games and looks good in them, it's a success. You know, mm-hmm. who cares? The Bears could go 0-7 in those games because of reasons besides him. It wouldn't matter. And then, right, if you can stack a couple good draft picks and also a good, you know, a good free agent off season with them as well to put some, some additional players around him that I think it's a successful season. I think if, if we get a positive, you know, amount of play from fields then that it's a good season. Um, I, I know that some analysts have a, a higher expectation for the bears than that next year, at least from a seven and 10 mark. Some people saying, um, I know you're kind of, a, it's one of the things that's leading up with the bears could be really mixing it up in the division or even in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. I'm not quite sure if I share that same outlook, at least at the moment. Um, but yeah, I mean, we'll see. <laughs> yeah. All right. So moving on, the Chicago Bears signed Damir Bird, Byard, Byard, my bad, uh, from who was originally playing with the New England Patriots last year, had like 600 yards. Actually, was a pretty productive player, like 40 catches or something like that. A lot of that was probably out of necessity because the Patriots have pretty poor. Uh, weapon selection over there now that Brady's left it's kind of led to some displays of some glaring holes um, but Damir Bert Byard sorry um, you know I, I think it, I think it's a good it's I think it's a good signing because it's like going to be really cheap but like again I I don't necessarily know if he'll make the roster I mean this game to be a pretty crowded wide receiver room especially with the draft picks we threw in there yeah, I'm not 100% sure he will either. You figure that him or Goodwin or, you know, one of the two. 
I don't know. We'll see mm-hmm. between Marquise and him. But Goodwin was working out. I, I feel fields, like Marquise too. Yeah, and I, I feel like Marquise is going to have a bit more use as far as just like his potential to play special teams as well, which just mm-hmm. really ups his chances to stay on the roster. I think with Bayard. There's just nothing with him that like really jumps off to me that'd be like this is what's going to keep him on the on the roster, you know. And he you figure he's going to need a a good camp. And he's know? he's very fast. He's extremely fast, but the one thing that I noticed is almost all of his catches with the Patriots were all on comeback routes. So like they they, they that was almost <laughs> specifically like the only thing that he was able to be productive with our comeback routes because i guess you know guys give him a lot of space uh because he's a fast guy i think he's like a four three two or something so super fast yeah that's blazing quick yeah and um you know he's he you know he he was really good with those comeback routes but it doesn't seem like he yeah you're, you're right like marquise goodwin i think is more likely to make the roster than bayard um so yeah, I'm not over the moon about this. It's not like I'm going to come on here and be like, yes, yes, thank God. You know, thank God. But no. It's just interesting. The Bears track record of bringing receivers from other teams on, with like the exception of like Allen Robinson, right, who obviously mm-hmm. came from like Jacksonville. But when it's kind of like smaller signings like this, it's just like their success rate is so bad. Yeah, very I mean, we've talked about We've talked about it repeatedly, but, you know, we look at – um. Christ, I'm already blanking on his name from last year. Who was the oh played Ted, for, Ginn. Ted Ginn? Like Ted Ginn, yeah. Ted Ginn. Oh, was you baby? Really quite last. <laughs> never made an impact at all. Um, and then we look at Cruz, you know, Victor Cruz. I mm-hmm. mean, he didn't even make it out of the Terrible. preseason. Terrible, yeah. Yeah, and then it's like now we have Bayard and we have. Goodwin, which I'm maybe a little more optimistic about Goodwin, but it's like we almost always bring in the same type too. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like the same type of receiver; it just never quite works out. And it's like, mm-hmm. God, why do we just keep doing this though? Yeah, it's kind of insanity. <laughs> you know? Like it, it would have probably been more well fit if we brought in like a defensive lineman because we have such a higher hit rate with those. Yeah, I mean, and I understand why to add to that wide receiver room. Like, I think that seeing what works out best is going to be a, a crucial thing. But, you know, it, you figure, okay, one of the two of them probably stays. I mean, Bayard, we'll see We'll see what he can do. Obviously, like you said, he's got elite speed. I mean, that 4-3-2, I mean, you don't come across that too often. Mm-hmm. But, you know, if it really is just comeback routes, <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, there's only a limited capacity for that. And, and luckily, I mean, if it's Fields throwing the ball, He's used to having to wait on long developing plays like that. So maybe that would be a, a great link up there. But maybe for someone like Dalton in the pocket, you know, he's going to want things to develop a little bit quicker for him. So we'll see. I mean, there's a lot that's at play here. But, yeah, certainly not a not a huge signing by any means. But, you know, like we said, it's after the draft. Kind of the big, the big moves have already happened. Yeah, and you kind of have to wonder if they're going to be looking to adding any more names into our cornerback room. I know right now, um, geez, we ha- we have the guy, Artie Burns, that tore his ACL last year, was a first-round pick with the Steelers that apparently looked really good in camp. Um, but again, he has this torn ACL. Don't necessarily know how that's going to turn out. And we also have, um, geez, a guy we just brought in with the Lions, from the Lions. Um, what's his name? 
Sheesh. God, this uh, is this are is. Are we talking about Trufant? Yeah, Desmond Trufant. Jeez, man. Oh, gosh, we're not used to these early morning episodes yet. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, De- Desmond Trufant. You know, he he has a history of being pretty good in the league. His last year wasn't all that great. Um, but you know, you hope that he you can get a little bit more out of him than the Lions did, obviously. Uh, so you know, it, it's it's something that I you kind of wonder if they're going to add more names to that cornerback room. You know, maybe bring in Richard Sherman, who's still left unsigned. That'd be pretty sick. I'd be excited for that. Um, but uh, you know, maybe not. It'd be something hard to see. But in other news, the Chicago Bears also cut Charles Leno Jr. Which, if I'm being completely honest, I don't like this move. I don't know if it's something that they had to do in order to sign the rookies. Like, I don't know if it was a cap move. It seems like that could have been it. Um, but, like, honestly, with the way this offensive line was, I probably would have preferred to keep Leno and play Jenkins at right tackle until we know for a fact he can play left tackle. And if he can, okay, you know, let, let him take a shot at left tackle. But maybe don't. I don't know, like with, with getting this new quarterback, Justin Fields, it kind of sucks to me that we just like cut down a piece of our line. I Honestly, it's te- it sounds pretty bad to say, but I think I probably would have rather seen like Akeem Hicks cut than even someone like Charles Leno. It's not even to do with the player. It just has to do with like we need offensive line so badly. And now that we have a young quarterback, the worst thing we could possibly do is put him out there, have him get extremely injured, and then we have no plan for the future. Maybe I'm just paranoid though. Well, I don't know if it's quite being paranoid. I think there's two ways you can look at it, right? You can go, this is great. The bears are so confident in Tevin Jenkins being great that, you know, they just feel comfortable at sliding them in there already, mm-hmm. which, you know, is a very positive outlook. I, I do feel confident in his abilities. Like you said, though, would have been nice to play him at right tackle, and, you know, even have someone else at left tackle and just let him be that franchise right tackle that we alluded to last week. Mm-hmm. Now we maybe we're accelerating the process a little bit. You know, hopefully on the negative side, you're going, hopefully we don't put him in there too quick. Maybe break any of the confidence that he has if he does struggle a little bit. Mm-hmm. You know, so there's kind of two ways that you can look at it. I, I do feel confident he can slot in there and be good, but I don't think it's going to be mistake free, right? Mm-hmm. Especially with someone that's so used to playing on the other side of, of the line. I think to throw him into, you know, the left tackle position is the most crucial spot along the line in the NFL. I mean, hands down. I mean, that's the blind side, you know, blocker. He needs to constantly be on edge. And making sure that he's not letting anyone else get past him and get a free run at the quarterback, you know, where he can't see him. So I think that I'm not exactly upset about this. It was there's some really weird irony between the teat, the tweet that he put out, um, basically congratulating <laughs> Tevin Jenkins about coming onto the team and then him promptly being cut the day after. It's sad because he's a you good know, dude. It is too. sad. Yeah, Charles Leno is a good guy, and I think that he's someone that, you know, played hard for the team. I think clearly he was. There were some years where he was better than others. He never really quite really was like a franchise left tackle, never really quite elite. Um, You know, I think that at best he was above average, right? In his best years, yeah. In his best years, and then, you know. (laughs) <laughs> in the worst years you looked at him and Massey and you're like Jesus Christ what the hell are we doing here like the but, past two years you know, the past two years have been like that exactly what you're saying it's like the he was a pro bowler in 2018 had a really good season and then these past two years it's been 
pretty terrible. And, you know, I, I understand by cutting him, you are probably cutting like the least good person at their position that was a starter. So like compared to like Akeem Hicks, like obviously Akeem Hicks is much better than that, but it's like one of those things where it's like, I'm just so sick of these offensive line issues and I would have liked to see Jenkins at right tackle. I think he's a natural right tackle. I think he's can be an all pro right tackle. And I'm very confident in that. But now you're you have to in- incorporate some projections. You know, you have to incorporate like, okay, is he gonna be able to make that switch? I also don't understand why the hell the Bears have this just constant desire to um switch offensive linemen's positions i just i don't get it like it seems like yeah whatever that is mind boggling whenever they draft an offensive lineman it's like okay cody white drafted as a guard ended up at center somehow okay so now he's a center james daniels drafted as a center ended up at guard (laughs) it's like okay so now he's a guard because we needed a guard okay well obviously sam mustafer is a natural center we also didn't draft him we're gonna sign jermaine effetti who was a right tackle and we're gonna put him at guard oh well guess what he kind of sucks at guard let's put him back to right tackle so now he's our right tackle it's like are what are these Olympics? Just play them at their natural position. Like at, I think it was yeah. Josh Sitton when he was with us. He said that when they were asking him, he was playing. I think he played traditionally left right guard for us, and he was playing left guard because Kyle Long was injured or something. Cannot I? I could be making up the player, but uh, which player it was? I think it was Josh Sitton. But he said they're asking him, they're like, how how's making that switch? And he's like, well, it's like you know wiping your ass with the other hand. It's 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 not intuitive. Yeah. Yeah, and that's so true. I don't know if they think that they're smarter than everyone else when it comes down to that. Like honestly, I don't I don't know what it is, but clearly, clearly the Bears offensive line is best when they stop shuffling. It. Mm-hmm. When they just stop tinkering with all, it. Whenever all the they players, develop like some kind of all the players are at their natural position right now. They tried to make the change, but look, Cody He's not a center anymore. He's a guard. Mustafer, who is a center, is a center. James, well, I guess James Daniels was technically drafted as a center, but there was always a lot of projection at guard. He's playing at guard. It's like, you know, Effetti's at right tackle. It's like, we, we, we don't need to do this. Yeah, it's just it's interesting. And uh, <laughs> it's just frustrating, man. Like, I, when it comes down to it, it's like this... The offensive line is the best when they build chemistry. And, and, you know, you're going to get to that chemistry quickest by people being comfortable at where they're at, you know, first off. But, you know, line shuffling does happen. Like, injuries happen. You need to move things around, especially during the season. And the Bears were by far the best as soon as they started having consistently putting out the same offensive line out there, you Mm. know, because they were just abhorrible at the beginning Mm. of the season when they were mixing everything up every different week. And... and Foles was running for his damn life you know and then finally it all kind of came back together when they put Trubisky back in for the second time and they kind of just consolidated unified that offensive line and things worked out a bit better still wasn't perfect but yeah I mean it's gonna be one of those things that if this offensive line struggles next season and everyone's playing like out of position we're gonna be like well 
you guys are wondering why the hell it's it's going wrong. Like it, the answer is right there in front of you. Like you mm-hmm. refuse to play people in the position that they naturally feel best in, mm-hmm. and, and act like you're you're going to game the system by you know p- mismatching and throwing around all these different people. Especially when it comes to flexing out these, like the Afedi situation too. I mean, Afedi can is versatile and can you know play both tackle and guard. Mm-hmm. But it's like you know, don't don't over exploit that. Mm-hmm. You know, if we get to a point where we feel like he's you know best in one given position, keep him there, and then try to solve that other hole by either adding something there or not. Mm-hmm. Don't just be like, okay, he's this great flex piece that we can you know always use and move back and forth. And you know what? They do a lot. They they do a lot of that. Mm-hmm. I, I just really realized, and maybe it's a naggy thing too overall. But the whole like Cordero Patterson situation, which. Like the fact that we got way too comfortable with him at running back. Yeah, that blows my mind. I I get that he was a running back in high school, and this isn't even a problem anymore because he's not even on the roster. But I'm still going to complain about it anyway. Classic Bears um, news covers, you know, talking about a player that's not on the roster anymore. (laughs) You know, let me tell you about Bernard Berrien, man. (laughs) But, um, it's just it, it blows my mind that they constantly do this and you know so much that happens with Tariq Cohen. I get mad at Tariq Cohen because the Bears use him the wrong way and I take it out on him personally as a player. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, know? they kept so trying to make, just, they tried to keep forcing him to run through the offensive line. That was so made no sense when they kept doing that a couple yeah. years back in this year. Um but the bigger thing for me is like I mean, I guess this move displays that they had more confidence at Ifedi at right tackle than they did with Leno at left tackle, to me. And Ifedi, I think, you know, Ifedi was pretty good at right tackle for us uh, down the stretch. You know, he was not an issue. But I don't know. I I kind of felt more comfortable with Charles Leno Jr. at left tackle and then putting Jenkins at right tackle's natural position and just waiting for things to develop, you know, next year. And obviously next year we can always switch back, but it's like, it just seems like such a, such a gamble. And I don't want to be gambling when we have our brand new quarterback. So that, that, I just I guess don't want Tevin Jenkins to become the next Kyle Long. Well, yeah. We're just like, we're going to stick this guy in every damn position and then try to see how quickly we can ruin his career. Mm-hmm. No, I mean, that's, <laughs> you know? that's true, though. And, and, you know, Jenkins, as far as lengthwise goes, too, you know, he doesn't have the longest arms, which, you know, does tend to stand up in the NFL as like a, a thing that you need to be a good left tackle. So it, it's one of those things where it's like I, I would have been happy if Jenkins, his entire career, he was just a standout right tackle. I don't think it's necessary to push this, but maybe we can look back at this, you know, after you know week one or, or not week one but after the season and be like yeah the bears made the right decision putting jenkins at left tackle because he's a standout left tackle maybe that maybe that's going to be the case i just don't know and i don't like that gamble yeah no i, I agree with you uh right on okay so let's let's move on trey lance a lot of Bears fans have been talking about this, and we I guess we didn't really talk about this enough, but the San Francisco 49ers gave up a lot to get Trey Lance, a lot to get Trey Lance. And while I, we both like Trey Lance, I think we can both agree that that was a lot for Trey Lance, what they, what they ended up giving up. And a lot of Bears fans are saying, hey, this is kind of deja vu. You know, that's, that's what they're saying. They're like, hey, giving up, picks to to move up to get this guy who 
is mostly a projection. He he played more, sorry, he played less snaps through his entire high school career and entire college career than Mitchell Trubisky played in his one year at North Carolina that he was the starter. So a, a guy that doesn't have a lot of film out on him, you know, you give up a lot to get him. You know, analysts are still, I think a lot of analysts project him as, you know, better than Justin Fields. But still, you have Justin Fields there who's a proven winner, you know, has a lot of the same reminiscence of guys like Deshaun Watson and Patrick Mahomes, a lot of comparisons there. And uh, people are like, what? The 49ers kind of did not make the right decision because they could have essentially sat at 12 kept their next two years first round picks and gotten Justin Fields or just had a, a small trade up and got him. you know I mean what 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 do you think about this do you, do you think the 49ers really did mess this up or are you confident in them do you think that they're going to get that you know right with Trey Lance and and be a dynamite team yeah it's such a it, that's a question of the draft right I mean, this is really asking, this is two questions. You know, it's basically, is the value in the trade, was it was it stupid first off to make that trade up is the first part of the question, right? And the second part of the question is, well, is Trey Lance going to make it worth it? Mm-hmm. And, and as far as the first one, okay, they gave up two future first to move up, what, how many picks was it? Nine. I mean, they... Nine they, picks. It makes sense. I mean... To get, I think in retrospect, in retrospect, what they did was kind of dumb. But in the moment, I I don't know though, man. What do you think? Well, I'm kind of I'm trying to walk it through logically. I think nine picks. You gave up two first round picks. You're moving up from a spot that was just outside the top ten to get up into the top three. Mm -hmm. So to get from that position to that position in this year's draft. I don't think was overcompensating for value because everyone knew it was going to be a log jam to try to get up and get in the top Mm -hmm. four. I mean, you know, realistically, you're thinking about the Bears from 20, which is a little more ways out. But, you know, we're thinking about the Bears in 20 to get up to possibly get to the Falcons was going to be something that's going to be a similar kind Mm -hmm. of deal. Right. They would need to give up a similar kind of value, maybe a little bit more. So I understand why people say they gave up too much. But personally, we just have to be realistic that. They wanted that three spot. Mm-hmm. I think that the value that they gave up for the three spot, without even thinking about Lance, we'll take him out of the mm-hmm. equation right now. I think it was somewhat fair. I agree. All right. So the Trey Lance question: Do I believe in him? Do I think he can succeed? Yeah. I mean, I, I basically gave my word and said that I think that he's going to be one of the better quarterbacks to come out of this class. With that being said, the major red flag is experience. I mean, come on. 100% he has the biggest chance to crash and burn. Mm-hmm. Biggest chance. And, and right next to By him far, is, yeah. is Zach Wilson. Yeah, I agree. I mean, right next to him is Zach Wilson. I mean, that man carried so much hype. And I like his game, too. But he's going to play for the Jets, for God's sakes. And mm-hmm. I know that Salah is, you know, looking kind of looking to kind of pick up the, the atmosphere, the environment there build a better culture and i think that he will possibly do that but it's just Mm -hmm. such a tainted position on the other hand the 49ers trey lance is going into you know kyle shanahan which i don't think he's like one of the premier coaches in the league but 
he could be doing a lot worse, you mm-hmm. know, as far as a coach would be bad for his Certainly. career. So I think he's getting into into a system that you know is going to help benefit him. I think Kyle Shanahan is going to do whatever he needs to do to make sure that Lance turns into the quarterback that he wants him to be. Mm-hmm. Now, of course, there's only you know there's a limit to you know he can't go out there and play for him, but you know I'm sure that he's going to put all the different resources and you know as much time as he needs to to craft Lance into the player that he wa- envisions him to be. So I think there's a, actually a decent chance that there's about a 65% chance in my mind that, you know, Lance is going to end up being like a consistent top 10 quarterback within the league. Mm-hmm. And then the other 35% is like, yeah, this man followed the exact same route as Trubisky. Maybe he puts a, a, a decent season or two out there. You see the moments, you see the flashes, you know, mm-hmm. on the fourth down, the, you know, fourth and long, you know, he tucks the ball and runs and picks up the, you know, shows his athleticism, shows mm-hmm. his grit, and picks up that first down. But then, you know, the next two possessions later, he's turning the ball over, throwing it to, you know, shadows and kind of staring down his reads a little bit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's that possibility too. But I think, you know, the majority of my decision-making makes me think that he's going to do well. And I think it's a pick that's going to pay off. But if we're talking about, hey, hypothetically, could they have done – better by doing less you know could they have picked up justin fields like you said maybe move up a pick or two to ensure that they get him Mm -hmm. and given up less and gotten a great quality player as well that could take them to that next level and be you know a consistent competitor Mm -hmm. yes there's there's also that answer too so they probably sure maybe they gave up a little bit too much but they also got someone that has potentially the highest upside out of any quarterback true this you know whole class yeah, and I agree with that. I think that there is deja vu. I think the difference with Trey Lance is he is a bit more consistent with Trubisky, and he has a lot more flashes as far as like processing ability than Trubisky does. Like the one thing I always liked about Trey Lance is the the time it takes him to go from decision to the ball is out is extremely quick at times like there's times where he's stuck and doesn't know what to do and a lot of the thing that the bigger concern to me is like how much he was used for running there's instances where you see him find his guy or or anticipate his guy being open and the ball is just out like this because he has a quick release too you know he's got a quick release quick processing ability and a lot of that gives you a lot of you know it, it, it's it's good but the, the hard thing that you look back at is like okay in his you know showcase game didn't look that good but at the same time weird season weird thing to do as a college team play one game just to showcase his ability and then it also didn't go too well for him you know coming from a non-power five school you know kind of rose i guess out of nowhere almost but at the same time i mean his stats were amazing when in in his last season so i understand the mitchell trubisky comparison i here's 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 what's really difficult with me though is like odds are that out of this class of five guys two guys work out you know two three guys work out there are gonna be some busts out of this class and the ones that look the most likely to me, I mean, I think Mac Jones has a lot of bust potential because it's just like the athleticism question. But the the other two guys to me that look like they they could bust the easiest is Zach Wilson for sure, and and Trey Lance. 
And that'd be concerning to me because it's like you put literally everything in. That being said, the offense that Kyle Shanahan runs is very extremely quarterback friendly. So it's like, how good does he even have to be in order for him to be a success in that offense? And the the answer to that, in my opinion, is he doesn't need to be that great. He needs to hit the occasional. So it's a deep great shot. pick. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So it's a great pick. Yeah, I mean, I mean, and let's point. be realistic here, though. You you draft into the system that that you're using. Sure, it's simple. Yeah, I mean, it's like mm-hmm. McVeigh, you know, feeding everything to Goff back when he was in the Rams. Like, fine, you know, whatever. I mean, we saw what you know Shanahan did with Garoppolo. Mm-hmm. I mean, you have to take these kind of things into account. I mean, Certainly. and I was thinking about this the whole time. I was talking about Trey Lance. I mean, Lamar Jackson with the Ravens. Mm. I, you stick stick Lamar Jackson on the Bears. That man's terrible. going nowhere yeah, fast terrible. at all. Terrible. Absolutely terrible quarterback, you know. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we're we're booing him off the field, you know, uh, honestly, because it's, it wouldn't work. It wouldn't work out. But with the Ravens, they made the right adjustment. I mean, there's equal responsibility on the side of the team too. I think a lot of people don't realize that that when quarterbacks bust, you know, usually a lot of the the weight falls on the player itself, and rightfully so. But a lot of te- a lot of people forget that there's a responsibility for the team as well. And you can't mm-hmm. just, it's not it's not cookie cutter. You can't take the same approach with every single quarterback. Mm-hmm. And, and with keeping so that much in mind, about Kyle Shanahan's, yeah, and, and keep in mind that Kyle Shanahan's system is a little more quarterback friendly. Okay, you slow the game down, doesn't have to process as much, allow him to use his ability, and, you know, they can succeed. I mean, you take, if, if Trey Lance can be twice as good as Garoppolo was in that system, that that's a really good they could football have a Super team Bowl. out there. Yeah, and maybe maybe they're not maybe they're not Super Bowl champions, but they're definitely playing in the playoffs at the very certainly. least. Certainly, and, and probably probably mixing it up a little bit. So, yeah, just there's definitely things you have to take in that account I'm that su- are just even outside the quarterback's kind of effect. I'm surprised though that they wouldn't have made a harder run at Stafford than than they did at this price point because. I mean, for what the Rams gave up to get Stafford, especially future first-round picks, so they they didn't have a first-round pick this year. They gave up essentially two first-round picks. It's like, it, I understand that, but I think I'd rather have Stafford than than Lance, for, especially if you give no. me a first-round pick. You'd rather have Lance in Shanahan's system. Think about how many cheeky little fifteen-yard. Running touchdowns, Lance is going to have next year, dude. True. I mean, he's he's it, definitely going to be off a the RPO. I mean, he's he's like a four five forty guy. You know, Lamar Jackson's like a four three four. You mm-hmm. know, so he's not as fast as like Lamar Jackson or anything, but he's still fairly athletic. I mean, True. this man, he's not even going to have to make that many tough decisions when it gets down to it. I mean, you you know how Kyle Shanahan likes to run the football as well, definitely. likes the, kind of the simple plays. They they play a very kind of physical brand. I mean. Jesus, they have a running back basically playing wide receiver in Debo Samuel. <laughs> I mean, like, come mm-hmm. on. I mean, they're, they they play that kind of brand of football. I mean, he's going to get so many just uh, – he's Easy. someone on a fantasy kind of lookout. I would be looking out for him because he could put up a couple of running touchdowns every game. Might, he, might just pass for one, but he's going to run in for a couple. Yeah. That, no, that, that's, that's, all, that's all very valid points. And I guess if we're talking about, like – yeah, I, I, I guess I, it makes sense. It makes sense. But my, my question is, like, while it is a quarterback-friendly system, wouldn't you rather have the quarterback that 
doesn't need the friendly system to be good. So like for instance, like I mean, I I would personally I'd rather have Stafford because I could have also maintained my first round pick this year. I mean, you, who knows what that could have turned into for them. They could have had another first round pick they they could have done this year. And I you know, I think that Stafford, he you know for sure he's going to have that good deep ball cuz he he's a good deep passer, he's an efficient passer. And he's more ready to go. And for them, you know, they were in the Super Bowl a year ago. You know, they they were literally in the Super They They lost it, of course. But a lot of that had to do with their quarterback. Maybe this works out for them. But I just, if I was a 49ers fan, I would be extremely hesitant because of all the things that they turned down in order to get Trey Lance. You turn down Matthew Stafford. You know, you turn down Justin Fields. You turned down even Mac Jones, at, which you could have gotten at that draft level. And I'm, I think Trey Lance is significantly better than Mac Jones, but some analysts didn't believe it. And then also Cynthia Freeland's coming out saying that eight out of the 16 pro scouts she talked to had Justin Fields as the top quarterback in the draft. So it's like you you have that aspect to it too, where it's like, you know, I, I don't know. Um, I think that, but the, I guess that kind of moves us on to our next topic, which Justin Fields really is like the antithesis of Mitchell Trubisky. And I think a lot, I, and I think, I don't know if this was Pace or Nagy that wanted this. I mean, <laughs> Nagy after being with Mitchell Trubisky. And I know, God, thank God we actually got a quarterback because we would have had everyone next year when Dalton is trash because he we know that he was going to be we would have had so many bears i was like see we should have kept trubisky you know like we should have kept him and it's like that's i mean he just because trubisky could have been a better quarterback which we don't even know for sure it's like doesn't mean you should keep him because he has been so terrible sometimes just a change of scenery is good for both parties um but justin fields man when mitchell trubisky when he first came out a he had very little playing experience. A lot of people are going to try to be revisionist on this, but he was known for his accuracy. You know, that, that was a huge positive trait. If you don't believe me, you, you can look, go ahead and look it up on NFL's, the NFL draft scouting profile. Accuracy was like his biggest strength, which funny how that turned out. Right. Um, you know, he, he was known to be a good leader. Um, you know, he had a lot of these positives coming out on him. He was quote unquote considered to be the top quarterback in the draft with only a few dissenting opinions. And it really seemed that post draft people kind of realized that maybe he was overdrafted. Um, Justin Fields, on the other hand, has played at the highest level. You know, he, he is widely regarded as a generational talent in the media, which (laughs) Mitchell Trubisky certainly was not. Um, you know, he was, uh, he, you know, very, he, he's played on the, on the biggest level. He's got such good deep accuracy, you know, Mitchell Trubisky was a good athlete too, but Justin Fields, you know, he takes that up to another notch. He ran in the four threes himself, which is insane or four fours. Sorry. Um, and like the, the you know, the way they kind of act is different. I think this is going to be a good time for Chicago Bears fans. I think they're going to rejoice in having a quarterback like Justin Fields. Yeah, I would certainly think so. I think that kind of the first thing that jumps to the page for me is the mental toughness. Um, Much different. That Trubisky struggled struggled with um, in his time here, notably. Went to the media with it, which you can you know, look at you know two ways. I mean, either he was bold and just upfront 
and honest about it. And when asked in the media, he just said it, or you can kind of say that he's kind of, you know, being a bit of a wuss. Um, you know, this both either opinion doesn't really matter at this point. Um, but Justin Fields don't expect him to do anything like that. I think he's got the resilience. He's played in a lot of tough games where he's had to bounce back after making, you know, bad plays. I mean, it's going to happen. You know, Justin Fields is going to throw a bad interception at some point in his career with the bears, but it's how he responds to it. That's really going to, you know, really going to stick in the memory of Bears fans and, and what separates you from being good or, or bad and being great. So I think that he brings that along with, you know, like you said, much more game hard and live experience. We know what we're getting with him. I mean, I can tell Justin Fields, I mean, my number one concern with him, I want to see if he can throw a 10-yard out route <laughs> and complete it. Yeah. You know, I want to I want to see that. Mm-hmm. And if I, I'm going to be impressed, literally my number one concern with him. I watched a lot of big-time football I watched Justin Fields tear up every damn team in the Big Ten and mm-hmm. beat them bad, you know. But there's one thing that I've always seen is that you know, for whatever reason, throwing like a short pass to the boundaries is something that's you know, it's been a tougher pass for him, mm-hmm. which is absolutely mind-boggling. I mean, he will drop it in the bread basket on a 50-yard, you know, skinny post or you know, like deep fade or something like mm-hmm. that streak, and then you know, miss something like that. So curious to see that, but Trubisky. We figured we were getting someone that was accurate. But like you said, there's a lot more kind of just anticipation on where his progression would be. And it just never it never quite synced up with Matt Nagy either because I mean, we knew from day one that he wasn't Nagy's choice. So it was just a rocky relationship. I think that, you know, Trubisky failed the Bears and the Bears failed Trubisky respectively. Mm-hmm. I think each party is very much at blame and what went wrong with Mitchell Trubisky. And I think that Justin Fields is really going to have the benefit of not really quite having that on him yet. I mean, we haven't mm-hmm. seen him even play a single damn snap. Mm-hmm. So we could really be, you know, getting ahead of ourselves here. But at least it seems like the Bears organization is on the same page for once. Got in someone that is experienced, mentally tough, and is a competitor. Checks off the boxes that are really just the kind of must-haves in an elite quarterback. Elite processing ability, So, I mean, you too. just kind of want to see him go to work. Yeah, and I think that's what's that's what's so exciting about Justin Fields is it's like you think about what Matt Nagy wants out of a quarterback. Big arm, deep accuracy is at the highest level, right? That's what this why part of the reason why that Kansas City Chiefs offense is so deadly is just Patrick Mahomes at any given moment can throw an 80-yard touchdown on you. And that's what we're going to be hope is transferring over to the Bears with Justin Fields. Stuff like that just tends to be, uh, you know, pretty consistent when it comes to like deep accuracy. You either kind of have it or you don't have it. We knew Mitch Trubisky wasn't the best deep, um, but, you know, Justin Fields is an elite deep passer for sure. The best deep passer in this class and also, I mean, in... I can't remember the uh, the last time a, a player as good at being accurate deep came out of the NFL or came out of the NFL draft than Justin Fields. I mean, Patrick Mahomes is up there. He maybe maybe Matt Stafford. Yeah, yeah, know. yeah. Matt, yeah, Matthew Stafford. Well, exactly. He was conservative. So he'd be so. Yeah, Justin Fields is going to be, uh, you know, marks off that box. Then you're thinking about processing ability. This is a, unlike the Shanahan offense, this is an offense that requires a lot out of the quarterback. Shanahan's offense is kind of the desire to kind of hide him. Whereas this offense is, you know, the quarterback is the extension of the coaching staff and 
the coaching staff will get guys open for you, but you have to be able to hit that. You know, you have to be able to hit them. Mitchell Trubisky was not able to do that. Um, you know, Justin Fields, he is in, by, you know, testing standards, the quote unquote most intelligent, you know, NFL player to ever come out of the draft. Obviously, that's a little bit of a stretch, but he he's up there. You know, he's a very smart quarterback, and that's what he's very well. That's where he's renowned as is a very smart quarterback. So he marks off that as well. The stuff when it comes to the three yard out, or sorry, the the ten yard, you know, little out route stuff like that. I mean, that's that's so coachable. <laughs> you know, if there if there's one thing I want my quarterback <laughs> to be bad at, I guess it's that. Um, he, it's obviously going to be something that needs to get coached out of Wait until there's pick sixes back to back, like right there. Like, you know, <laughs> right. They're starting, you know, just got the kickoff, you know, throw them a little out route. <laughs> Boom, you know, it takes it back, you know. And, <laughs> but, and sometimes I no, feel. I'm just, I'm just capping. When, when I was watching Ohio State, I would feel that, you know, Justin Fields has like quite a cannon. You know, like he, his arm strength is very intense. And sometimes, and I noticed this with Patrick Mahomes in the NFL too. Sometimes I think they just throw the ball too hard to their to their receiver because to them it's so natural, you know, it comes out so and it's good to have that quick, you know, from point A to point B, but for a wide receiver it becomes a little bit tougher to catch those. So I don't know if sometimes it has to do with that. Um some people have said it could have to do because he has a little bit of a wind up, but his release is still very fast. And that's why I don't get that's why I don't get by a lot of people is it's like, yes, he might have a little bit of a wind up in his throwing motion, but he still has a fast release on the scale of NFL quarterbacks. So it's like, just because it looks a little bit different doesn't mean it's necessarily wrong. As long as it's quick, it's good. Um, so yeah, he's going to, he, he's going to need to work on this RPO stuff and, and, you know, his little quick 10 yard throws, but Hey, here's the thing. And I think a lot of bears fans are going to get used to this. It's okay to miss passes as a quarterback. Every single quarterback does it. What really matters is when you make the passes, if you make it in the times that you need it the most, if you're not missing them there. And then also like, if you miss a little 10 yard out and then have an 80 yard touchdown downfield, people forget about those little 10 yard outs. But with Mitchell Trubisky, when he didn't, not me, <laughs> yeah, yeah, not Reese. <laughs> Reese is no, no doubt. Um, but when you, when you have the, when you consistently miss those and then also don't follow it up with touchdowns like Mitchell Trubisky, it's like, yeah, then that's an issue. You know, Deshaun Watson is not the most accurate quarterback by any means. Justin Fields is much more accurate than Deshaun Watson is. But Deshaun Watson is Deshaun Watson because he makes touchdowns happen. You know, he he gets touchdowns. Yeah, we'll see about next season. I mean, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, yeah. Uh, How that saga has developed is quite frankly insane. This has to be the most like insane See off season for a star quarterback in the NFL like ever because we went from talking about that he might get a complete haul and like a massive new contract to now like will he even play? Will the NFL allow him to play? It's like you just about to get that Mike Vick contract. Yeah, honestly, like you don't. God, it's that's just. But he's gonna throw on a visor and act like it's a second coming, I guess. Yeah, right. He's like. Jeez, man, uh, it's just it's an, it's an, it's truthful. This offseason for Deshaun Watson is truthfully insane. Like, 
you know, I mean, for the whole NFL, this offseason could be like a movie, dude. I mean, with all the moving pieces, especially with Rogers. the quarterback position, and then you throw in the little Aaron Rodgers wrinkle that if he really does not end up playing on the Packers next season, then this Insane. this year's offseason was just absolutely Matthew Stafford bonkers. traded, you know, uh, Russell Wilson trade rumors happening as well. Wentz. Yeah, Wentz getting traded. It It's one of those things where it's just like, I mean, what an insane offseason. The offseasons are getting more entertaining. Um, you know, not that this Deshaun Watson stuff is entertaining because it's not. It's actually quite sad to see, you know, like a, a, uh, on all ends, you know, it's like a star quarterback ruining, potentially ruining his career. And and also like, oh God, just what, what, a, what a terrible offseason for him. But um, more so, it's like... It's the Aaron Rodgers thing is insane. And that's why Bucky Brooks, he came out and he said that, you know, Chicago got themselves a superstar who will shortly be a top five quarterback in the NFL. And I, I kind of wonder, like, also with all these falling outs that are happening, it's like, you know, Deshaun Watson, it seems like he's not going to play next season at this moment. I don't, I don't know if that's true or not, but like, okay, so the, there's not really a top five quarterback there. Obviously, Justin Fields is not going to be a top five quarterback this next coming season, but surely into his career, I don't think it's a, it's not a possibility. I also think if, I, I, I don't know how good Rodgers is going to be with the next team he goes to. Yeah, who knows, man? Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? I mean, I don't even know. I mean, Denver seemed like the likely spot. Don't even know where Rodgers would possibly end up. I mean, there's got there's a suitor out there for sure. But mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I mean, this this offseason has been uh, absolutely, absolutely crazy. You know, the Bears could be going to the track and never coming back. You know, <laughs> who, who knows, dude? <laughs> Oh man, we went yeah, from Moe's in the new Soldier Field or whatever they're gonna call it to uh, yeah. That's the other question is like it, that's gonna be weird if we have a different field that's not Soldier Field. Like, what are they gonna call it, Arlington Field or or, or what? Like, we, uh, we we just don't even know. Like, we just don't even know. Are they gonna become the probably Arlington the Arlington Bears? Right? <laughs> uh, yeah, that they they probably would if the McCaskies bought it, which as a business move might be a good idea. Um, then again, they made, a, I mean, that's insane that they're like one of the only families in the NFL that made their money off of being an NFL family. You know, like they, they, yeah. they literally have like, they, they didn't have, I don't know if they, they didn't, yeah, they didn't do anything in particular that allowed them to buy the team. They've just always owned the team, which is kind of cool. Yeah, it's kind of cool. It's a blessing and a curse, right? I think a lot of people say that's a huge issue. Yeah. And, I, I, and the reason why the team has been, well, mediocre for basically its entire existence. But. And, and we, we just think it's cool because obviously, as a comment, commenters have pointed out in the past, we are actually related to the McCaskies. Um, so, yeah, we, we, we have to you know, make sure grandma and grandpa are protected. <laughs> oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, yeah, we're always... That's the whole reason why we, you know, created this podcast is so we could, you know, suck up. But so we could yeah. put propaganda no, into the Bears media. That's our entire goal. No. All right. I mean, that's that's about it for today's show. Um, you know, hopefully we get some news this next week. You know, maybe we make a couple signings. I think we're gonna have to see. Um, but other than that, guys, thank you so <laughs> probably much. Not. Yeah, probably not. But thank you so much. <laughs> Looking forward to training camp. 
um, and, you know, looking out to continuously put out some more content for you guys um, as we kind of, you know, get closer and closer to the season. I know we're still far out, but man, that, that first NFL game, that first NFL Sunday, it's always like, it's always like I didn't know that I needed it. You know, like, like it's almost like it comes up so quickly to me. Like it used to take forever when I would like think about it because it is such a long off season for us NFL fans. But once the first NFL Sunday comes, it's just like a, you know, rush of excitement, you know, depending on where you're at. I even get excited for the first damn preseason game, bro. I know. I always (laughs) do too. I always do too. And then I always watch the first one and I'm like, this sucks. And then I just completely forget about the preseason. Um you're lame, bro. Lame as hell. Maybe not this year, though, because maybe maybe Fields will take some snaps in the preseason. We're gonna have to see. Um, but yeah, no, I'm, I'm excited God, man, I for. I hope so, man. <laughs> if, <laughs> if I'm he's excited not to taking see... any snaps in preseason. I'm gonna be like, what the hell is going on here? <laughs> I'm excited so. to see uh, Fields. Hopefully, uh, it doesn't take too long till he uh, beats out the Red Rifle, um, and we get to have have a good season. But other than that, Reese, do you have any last comments? Bear down. Thank you guys so much. Bear down.